This is Back to Debbie, a show brought to you by Campus Akin. This podcast specializes in collegiate football players and their potential for future fantasy success in the NFL. I'm your host, Mike V. This is my co-host, Corey P. Uh, last week, I said it was mid-season. I really wasn't accounting for bowl games or bye weeks. So now it's actually mid-season-ish, mid-season-ish, kind of depending on the team. Anyway, I'm in a bad mood. Uh, it's time for our yearly Negative Nancy episode. We're only here to talk poop about players. We're not here to talk positive. We're only here to talk bad about people. <laughs> um, so better watch out. But first, Corey with the news. Okay, and first we'll start off with USC, where freshman wide receiver Makai Lemon was actually seen taking reps at corner in practice. Uh, Lincoln Riley was asked about it later, said that this was more of like a health thing, and Makai's future is still at wide receiver, but uh, he was a high-end corner prospect too. So it's definitely something to keep tabs on here because we've seen a couple guys switch in the past that we were kind of worried about. So especially with his lack of playing time, he might just be looking for a way to get on the field with that loaded wide receiver core over there. So um, definitely something to watch out for there. Heading over to Georgia, where tight end Brock Bowers is going to have ankle surgery after picking up an injury this weekend. Uh, that's a big hit to Georgia, who was like really building around him the last few weeks. He was kind of like the, their lead guy. Um, maybe we get to see a better preview of Oscar Delp being the guy, maybe some flashes of Lawson Lucky who flashed, uh, in the preseason this year. So, um, something to keep tabs on there over to Wisconsin where quarterback Tanner Mordecai broke his hand this past weekend. So he'll uh, miss some time. It's going to open the door for Braden Locke to get some playing time. Uh, he had some strong buzz in the off season, um, and was rumored to be playing better than Mordecai at times throughout, uh, spring practice and fall practice. So something to watch a little bit there. Um, and after another flashy kickoff return, Houston wide receiver Matthew Golden hurt his groin um, and wasn't able to return. So another injury we'll have to keep tabs on uh, as you approach this weekend. Uh, guys, be sure to head over to the Campus to Canton website uh, where you can become a member with one of our many subscription options, some of which include access to our draft guides, our weekly CFF projections, our advanced metric tools you see so much of, uh, and our brand new C2C Winning Edge, which is a collaboration with CFB Winning Edge to help bring you guys the amazing in-depth work that he has on the school of depth charge, uh, statistical projections, returning production, uh, game spread projections for all you betters out there, really good stuff. So make sure you guys are checking out our family of podcasts and the YouTube channel, and make sure you guys are keeping it locked every Saturday to that YouTube channel uh, for our pregame show every Saturday morning called The Tailgate. Uh, the guys will be going through start sick questions, keeping you guys up to date on all the news heading into the games, uh, going over a lot of betting tips, and we'll also be giving you a little Debbie preview every Saturday morning as well. So make sure you guys are keeping it locked with Campus to Ken to help guide you guys through the season. Corey, I went to the Renaissance Fair this Sunday. The one in Annapolis, Maryland is supposed to be the best Renaissance Fair ever and it was it was actually pretty dope. I'm not gonna lie, it was actually a blast. I encourage anyone to go, whether you guys like that type of stuff or not. It was actually pretty fun with some adult shows. Um, but speaking of the Renaissance era, Corey, you guys can get some really cool vintage athletic gear for your favorite college at homefieldapparel.com with the promo code Campus. The number two in can you can get 15% off. Get that vintage T-shirt. Go to the Renaissance Fair. Go ahead and wear that thing from the 1950s, and and you can somewhat blend in. Somewhat, you can somewhat blend in with that old old style T-shirt there, guys. The promo code is Campus Number Two in Canton for 15% off at Home Field Apparel. Corey, let's go into our reactions. This will be the only positive that we talk about this week. Um, so I guess a little eye a little bit in the start there. <laughs> uh, Avery Johnson and Will Howard. You wrote this all in all bold. 
I feel like <laughs> I felt like, I, I personal. I feel like you were attacking. Me. The only reason it's all bold is because you wrote reactions in bold, and then I just pressed enter, and then it just carried the format. That's the only okay. reason. You format these okay. so weird, by the way. I don't know. I don't know. Like the, the spacing is weird. Every time I try to do something, whatever. I talk for another day. You never add anything weird. into it. I feel like I used to make these really neat, like the first like couple of months, but you you like stopped adding stuff to it, and you just have your own notes, your own separate sheet that's super secretive. Yeah. But I I used to put like I used to have these things structured a little better. Yeah, no, it's not bad. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, yeah, I was actually going to put this in the news um, that Avery Johnson was listed as a co-starter this week, but I thought we could fit it into this conversation here with Avery Johnson kind of getting uh, a lot of playing time this past weekend, kind of surprisingly uh, over at Kansas State over there. True freshman quarterback there, scored five rushing touchdowns on the day, uh, attempted just as many passes as Will Howard as well, uh, completed eight for 77 yards, Howard did six for 86 I mean, this could just be because Howard's been dealing with a little bit uh, of an injury, I guess. he's He's been a little bit hit or miss. But this is kind of like a, like I want to say, like a Pandora's box element here. Like yeah. like now that you've seen what happened with, with Avery Johnson, I'm not really sure you can like stop doing it and like put it back in. Like for a guy that's probably the future of your program, like I feel like you're going to keep kind of like working him in now, right? I mean, he looked fine. Like, he looked good. Yeah. I'm, like, super worried about, like, this becoming, like, an Adrian Martinez-style offense again. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like passing offenses. You can see a little bit more players. You have a little bit more Debbie upside for some wide receivers. Because um, when teams don't pass, I don't really care about even watching, you know, the two catches they get for 20 yards each yeah. game. And I think that's what Avery Johnson would do if he took the helm of this team, which, like, he looks, like, fine. So, like, eventually it'll happen. Um and I, I am a, I think, I feel like I'm driving the Will Howard fan club. And it's just so hard to say, like, I think last week I admitted, I think he's a day three guy, early day three guy. I, I don't know, dude. I'm a little scared, but I think Avery Johnson has a solidified future in the NCAA. Well, like Will Howard had really strong play down the back half of the season there. Like, uh, I don't know, maybe we put too much into that small sample size. Like I, I was kind of a fan too, as a guy, but like, yeah, I'll admit he's been like hit or miss this year. He's been kind of you know one read type of guy like you feel like he struggles to move off that first read a little bit he's been a little the ball placement's been a little bit all over the place he just he he hasn't looked like a guy who's who's pushing to be a name in this quarterback class like you know what i mean he's kind of just like falling yeah. like way under the radar here like nothing going on in terms of avery of avery johnson though i just want to say like i kind of feel like before everybody gets all like devy gung-ho about this guy like i do kind of feel like there's a chance he he falls into like the malik hornsby evan prater like that kind of like athletic quarterback that everybody's going to fall in love with and hope something is there, but he's like so skinny. I don't think the passing talent is there. Like I'm not really into this guy as much more than like a CFF asset. Do you like him more than this is obvious as I'm projecting here, but like Jalen Daniels from Kansas across the street there. Uh, no, I like Jalen Daniels better. I think Jalen Daniels has like legit arm talent, which I don't think Avery okay. Johnson yeah. has. Yeah. Let's move on over to Devontae Walker who had that uh, resurgence against Miami. Now Miami again has a good secondary Obviously, it really pays to play with like a, a future for a front quarterback talent. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I just want you to know that they fixed Devontae Walker's height to six foot two. Did you ever notice that? No, I didn't. No, we <laughs> lost an inch apparently. Anyway, <laughs> everybody always does when they come to the uh, combine. Anyway, so hopefully that's more yeah. around where he actually is. Um, but anyway, so caught six of his seven balls for 132 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, 40 routes running. I mean, obviously he's fully integrated. Two weeks in a row of 30 plus routes run. Um, looked good. I thought he looked really good. Uh, I moved him back up the ranks for about two weeks there. The guys on campus life are talking about right now, and they're recording. We just stopped by. 
Um, <laughs> but for about two weeks, I I had him down in like my forties, just because like you know, oh, me too. Gonna come yeah. back. I didn't like you know. I you had to yeah, sell no- him. You had to sell him early. The profile becomes very risky at that point. So it's like I, the way I figure it is if someone looks at my Devi rankings at that time, like within that two-week period, I cannot endorse taking Devontae's Walker. So I still think that's the right process to like drop him during that time, during that risky time. If you want to take that risk, that's totally up to you. But I think like dropping him during that time was right. And I did the same thing. Like he was – I haven't even moved him back up yet. I'm definitely going to have to do that now because I, I really liked what I saw from him in this game. I moved him back up to 20. And uh, preseason I had him at – 22 so yeah he's he's gonna be moving right up there and then like i love the love he's getting and the attention he's getting now because of this situation like that's almost gonna put him on the draft map because of all the attention he's getting like everybody's talking about it everybody's like oh the guy who didn't get the eligibility he's caught a touchdown he was looking awesome and i'll just say like in this game he looked like a true like wide receiver one today like uh, clearly the athleticism translated. He looks like more athletic than a lot of people on the field. Uh, he got behind the, the defense multiple occasions. Um, you, he flashed some late separation skills as well to being able to like pull away kind of later on that second touchdown. Um, he got a touchdown from the slot. He got a touchdown from the outside. They used the one in end around that he picked up like 20 yards or whatever. Like this is the type of usage for me that I need to see that. And like, yeah, squarely puts him back in contention for this wide receiver class. If he can kind of continue this production down the stretch. I don't know how like in depth you watch this game though, because I want to ask you about his footwork. Like I want to find out if he's more like Jameson Williams or if he's more not that. You know, like it, does he? I don't know. I I, I just watched the condensed version, so I haven't I haven't okay. seen him watched like a play by play basis of of the game. No. Yeah, I'll be excited to see his footwork the rest of this season. See if he can really turn well. Yeah. Uh, let's on to our next one though. Caden Feegan. Uh, Caden Feegan, six foot three, two forty. Uh, athlete commit to Illinois who's getting some run because he got injuries. Uh, McRae is, has, well, I mean, he's, he's injury prone. He's got a huge history. Yeah. And then, um, the other guy, Love, I can't remember his first name, but he, all- Reggie Love. Reggie Love also has an injury history. So, uh, I was expecting this performance last week. So I felt a little stupid because I think I tweeted out about it too. But anyway, it comes against Maryland. I have to pull up his stats, but I, I thought he looked great. Looks like he belongs. He's, he's a, a true freshman, so I, it wasn't like an all-world performance, but like you can definitely build off this performance. Yeah, I think he was 14 for 88 and a touchdown, I believe. And I think he caught like two passes or something Two for like 13. That. He yeah, caught two for 13 three last week. Which, which, which isn't bad at all. It's nice to actually see that because that was something that he didn't have in his profile as a, as a freshman. But um, yeah, like we've talked about him before. This is that guy in that rare – This is he part of that rare group of that six-foot, 235 – a pound 21.5 mile per hour that list of of athletic specimens one i think he got to 20 like not 21.5 i think he got to 21 flat okay so he's very close athletically to a group that includes like jordan howard derrick henry saquon barkley he's very close to that but he's a little bit bigger he's a little bit more raw um that was really what put him like on our radar was that athleticism um because yeah he didn't have that pass catching background a low came from a low um level competition as well but i thought he looked pretty good in this game like i actually watched this a little bit um first run he took right um right off the bat pressed the line nicely broke to the outside was able to get the edge like i was actually surprised he's like has a lot some of that to his game already like he didn't have a ton of, of room overall like four yards per carry but um he didn't look crazy out of place like I, I think his vision is still developing a little bit um especially on the second level uh, which is to be expected i think um he's just kind of like running into dudes or whatever but made some nice yeah. adjustments at the line of scrimmage i thought um like all in all a, a much better debut from someone um, that I expected was going to be a little bit more raw coming in. Like getting on the field this early is actually pretty good for him. He's six foot three and he's working that pad level, which is quite a task to ask him to do. His longest run was only twelve yards, so he's 
he's one of those bruisers that falls forward. I don't really know how how big his big playability is. Like obviously we just said talked about his speed, but yeah. Um I'm actually I'm viewing him right now the way we view CJ Donaldson last year. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's how a that's a good yeah, that's that's pretty decent. I like that right now. Yeah. So I think he's got like, you know, fine first step. I just don't know if everything else comes together after that. And I do think he's a pretty good receiver though. I think his A dot's positive, even though it's only on six targets, but positive yeah, I, A dot, so we'd like to see that. And if he and, becomes the guy like Illinois, like we saw it with Chase Brown last year, like they like to ride one guy pretty pretty heavily. If he can become that, like we'll get a pretty good look at him. And oh, you know, Chase Brown ended too. up yeah, and, and Chase Brown ended up becoming a fourth round pick. I don't know if he's gonna be anything on the NFL level. We'll see maybe once Mixon moves on or whatever. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I I like the situation for him as well. Very run heavy offense. I thought Chase Brown had too much footwork, and I hope Caden Fee can have half of that footwork. Yeah, I mean that's that's the one thing we're a little worried about, just being a little bit too lethargic in his movements, but we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, going into our last reaction here, Ollie Gordon. That, this is your guy. You got to take this one away. Ollie Gordon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I've, I've talked about this guy quite a bit. I really liked him coming into last year's class, sort of, sort of a sleeper, I guess. I think, I, I don't know if he was a consensus four star. I think it was a three star by a couple of people, but, um, liked his size, six one two eleven, very productive high school player. And then was going through this Oklahoma state situation that, that was pretty good with Mike Gundy there, you know, uh, Chris Carson, Chuba Hubbard in his backyard, Jalen Moore. now again, these guys, the NFL, he came on strong at the end of the year. And then, you know, Mike Gundy was really hard on him in the offseason for some reason, made it seem, but I, like Felix, I think, dropped this quote. I can't remember if it was just in the chat or whatever, but he said, you know, when coaches are hard on you like that in public, it usually means they like you. Like they have a lot of expectancy of you like that. And maybe that was kind of the case here with Ollie Gordon because now they, they're kind of like creating a monster over these past three weeks. Like no less than 120 yards over the past three weeks. Um, no less than 19 carries over the, or 18 carries over the last three weeks. Um, also caught 11 balls for 135 yards over that time. You know, tough runner. It was hard to get down. I even, I even noted in his profile when I wrote it for the Debbie guide the past two years that I, he was a guy I think could benefit from even adding some weight because I think he kind of has like an aggressive uh, playing style and I'm not sure how sudden he is as a runner. Like I, I don't know. Like I think he's athletic because you even see some like hurdles on tape and whatever. And I don't think he's like super sudden or super fast or anything. So maybe that might be an avenue for him to go up, pack on a couple of pounds and maybe, you know, rock that, that, that more of aggressive runner mold. But I think it's been great for his outlook. And I, I couldn't be happier with where his Debbie stock is headed as kind of like a sleeper for that 2025 running back class. Can I ask you where you have him in your rankings currently or um, you can filibuster while I pull it up. <laughs> I moved him up. This is my highest I've ever had him. I had him at RB thirty four, um, so I I think that's like a tier four guy for me. But he's moved up. I I always had him in my upper fifties, like 56, 59, 61 was his lowest thing I've ever had him. So it's nice to see him break that mold. I've always thought he was going to be like an RB like fifteen to twenty for me. Um, I do think he looks really good as a runner though. Like I'm I'm impressed. I really do think like he can become like a Rashad White. Yeah, you know, I, I really do think that's like his. Uh, I won't say a ceiling, but like that's that's why I view him as a ceiling, like comp. I have him right in front of CJ. No, well, I was thinking that's where I was going to move him, but right now he's right in front of a Montreal Johnson. But I have CJ Johnson in front of him. I think I'm going to move him in front, right at RB thirty. So right in the okay. same area. We're not that we're yeah. not that far off. All right, guys. So look, that's it. No more no more positive talk. We're here today <laughs> to talk about names that are kind of hot in the Debbie space or names that are talked about preseason. Uh, that we just don't think are like Debbie assets, at least not right now. We'll talk about that. And there's a lot of recency bias out there. There's some new names entering the space. There's some old names that are exiting the space and underperforming. And we need to have those hard conversations about the underperformers specifically. Uh, so we're going to go by positional group. You guys know how it is. And then with quarterbacks, we'll start off. 
with a new name in the space. Let's talk about Shadur Sanders. <laughs> like he hasn't been talked about enough, but that's uh, true. I, yeah. I agree to this. Yeah, well, well, we can talk about Shadur a little bit more. I think he is a system QB in college, a system mm. QB in college with no real special traits. Um, the dude's out here selling merch at halftime. I don't know if that's a positive or a negative. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything special about him. Uh, obviously, everyone loves the stats, but, like, people are catching on. I've seen, like, photos out there of him being a sack leader by yards, too. It's all, like, 260-some yards, like which is, yeah. like, 70 more than anybody else through sack yards. And there's the um, whole thing that people are trying to say he's trying to predict or protect his uh, completion percentage by not throwing the ball away by getting that could just be scared. Like that could be coached. I don't like, I don't know really buy that he's doing that, but that could just be like his coaching staff being like, we rather you take the sack or make the big throw. But what looks better? Like if I'm a tape analyst and I'm looking at the tape and I see you throw away or take a sack, like I'm going to be more upset about you taking the sack than not throwing the ball away. Absolutely. It makes no sense at that whole narrative anyways. But yeah, with with Shudder, like I know that we've kind of been off and on about with him. Like I think he's impressed in some ways I didn't expect him to. Like I think some of the ball placement has been pretty good. Um, When I watched him last year at Jackson State, which wasn't very much, but I did watch a little bit trying to watch Travis Hunter. Like I thought the ball fluttered on him sometimes. I thought that he didn't throw a tight spiral. And I will say like this year, I think I've been more impressed with the arm than I was last year. Now, everything other than that, Len, like I think, you know, the system is very generated to make a quick read, get the ball out quick. Like his eight isn't like super high or anything like that. He's getting the ball out fast. And he just has like his pocket presence is extremely poor is how I'd put it. Like he's he's doing a little bit more mobile than I expected. Like last game, you, we saw him break the pocket and, and break a couple nice runs up the middle. But when pressure gets in his face and he doesn't have a, a lane to run up the middle or something, all he does is retreat. He can't he doesn't move laterally. He doesn't avoid the rush. He has no sense of pressure on him, which I think is something that you really need going into the NFL. That's going to be something he's going to have to clean up going forward. I think there's more there than I gave him credit for tools wise with the arm talent. Um, but he still needs a lot more refinement to his game. I don't think that this guy's anywhere close to coming out like next year. No. Uh, and the only thing I really got to add to that is that I do think it's excellent ball plays. Like when given time, yeah. like he knows where to put the ball, but like anticipatory throws aren't there. Yeah. And you just, you just went through the whole mental game. It's just not there. Yeah. Um, all right, so cool. Don't want Shadur. See you, Shadur. Uh, <laughs> oh, where do you let, let, oh, just a ahead. quick just a quick question? Where do you have him ranked? Let me pull that up in Debbie right now. I did give him a little bit of a bump up just to see just to see like I because I'm giving him the extra year because I don't think he comes out this year. So I'm gonna I'm expecting maybe a little bit more development, maybe a little bit more weight. I have him at quarterback thirty right now. Is that too low? Too high? I'm at 32. Oh, no, no. I'm at 31. 31. Oh, yeah, 31. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. so I, I moved him up to 20 after, I think, week two from from quarterback 46. Yeah. And then once I've seen him more, I'm like, 30, 31 feels good, buddy. You can sit over there. Actually, I'm going to be honest. Looking at this right now, like, would you rather have Will Howard or Shader Sanders? Will Howard. Will Howard. You still rather have Will Howard, eh? There's more tools there. I know he's been missing some throws, but... I, that's I don't where think that's, that's where it gets tight now. for me. I might I could see Shadur being like quarterback twenty five once I, I have Shadur behind Jaden Daniels and Bo Nix, and I have like him in yeah. front of Jordan Travis. I have him right behind Bo Nix, yeah, and Tyler Van Dyke. Let's talk about Jordan Travis though. Jordan Travis of FSU, he was like a nice dark horse for uh, Heisman. Um, you have him but... way too high if that's where you have him. No, 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 no. I thought he, I thought he was a dark horse. The Heisman isn't important anymore. Who won it no, last no, no. year? What's his name? You just said, you just said you were talking about your rankings and you said Jordan Travis in that area. I said, you got him way too high if you have him in that area. 33? Yeah, it's too high. 
<laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, but his quarterback, I, th- I still think he's got really good legs. I, I nothing about the upper body impresses me, but like the lower half down, like he, I think he's still in the least scrambler. But whatever, I I think he's been exposed. No one talks about him anymore. He's been exposed, right? Like he just. I don't know. I feel like it's almost going the other way. I think him and another guy we even lump into this same thing where I kind of view them almost similarly as Oklahoma quarterback uh, Dylan Gabriel, where I feel like they are both getting propped up for like things that their offenses are doing a little bit, but like, like to me, both of you guys are great college quarterbacks, right? Both great extending the play, uh, getting outside the pocket, uh, letting things continue to develop downfield, adding a little bit of extra with those legs as well. They're able to pick up yards, you know, kind of be a threat that way. But these are the kind of guys that we call only college quarterbacks and like it, like despite that production on the field like we have major concerns about the way some of these traits translate to the NFL. first of all the size like these guys are both in like smaller in stature they're right at the line of really Whoa. where we want to see what about what about bryce young he's small he's doing okay no don't even give me that we're, we're people are already <laughs> worried about bryce young in the nfl it hasn't even been freaking five games and we're already worried they're bringing in andy dalton to rush the sneak what's going on they don't trust their quarterback they got, so they only, have, they only have what 32 year old adam Thielen to throw to right now yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, but regardless, that was like the number one recruit in the country. That's not the, that's not the type of spectrum we're even talking about here. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, both have fairly pedestrian arms as well. Um, you know, the ball ends up a little bit short a lot of the time. Receivers have to make like adjustments, a lot of air under their deep balls. I think what the most, like the worst thing that doesn't translate is just how much they don't throw with anticipation. Like they like to see the guy open, right? That's why they're extending the play. Like people like to say, oh, they're making such a nice play. They're getting outside. No, it's because they're not throwing anything in timing. They're not throwing anything in rhythm. They're extending, waiting for the open target to look open. And then they're hitting that target. So like, you know, just looking at these two guys, Jordan Travis, Dylan Gabriel, like, I just don't think that they have, at least as a product here right now, I don't see like future NFL starter in them. Okay. I, I, you know, one of our new contributors is a big fan of Dylan Gabriel. He just kind of talked me into him. You know, I was a big fan, like, I don't know, it was three years ago, what he was doing out there. Who's that? Call him out. <laughs> He's on his honeymoon. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> he knows that. We all know now who it is. But anyway, uh, going on to our next guy here, let's talk about Michael Pratt. Dude, I, a lot of us here, I think only Camp Skin, I don't think anyone else was, but a lot of us here at Camp Skin, like Michael Pratt, thought he had some nice tools and, like, you know, he really comps favorably to Will Levis, but with better processing ability. Um, he has no production profile this year. He actually looked bad this last weekend, too. But, like, mm-hmm. if he can't even put up the numbers, like, I don't – one, he definitely won't come out. But, two, like, I, I don't know. Like, he was good the year before. Now I'm wondering if it was really just Tajay Spears and stuff. I mean, I really didn't overly analyze him last year. Uh, but I'm concerned. Yeah, like having the threat of that run game really kept defenses like at bay for protecting the pass a little bit and maybe opening up lanes a little more for him to be a better passer last year. Maybe there's something about that to it, but uh, I haven't watched him like super closely this year. Um, But, you know, for a guy in the G5, we do need to see like a little bit more of a production profile. I don't know how much, how far the traits are going to get him alone being uh, playing at Tulane. Uh, He's Um, only got one turnover throw. Oh, he's got three actually. Sorry. Anyway, it's just his stats are so pedestrian. I'm sorry. It's like 190 yards passing and Nichols. 184 yards passing as UAB, 259 passing as Memphis. And he's a guy like traits wise. Like when I looked at him, like, I don't know if I saw like a, a huge arm. I don't know if I saw, you know, like any, anything like clearly elite. I thought he looked really clean mechanically. I thought he, he really did well from the pocket. I thought he was a guy who did move on to his second reads, was able to kind of read the field pretty well until things broke down. That was kind of the one note that I did have about him. If things broke down, he had to get outside the pocket, like ball placement got a little wonky mechanics got a little bit wonky. So in, in the NFL, when you need things like that, that's maybe something that I could, that he needs to clean up on a little bit uh, going forward here, if he wants to be considered. 
Yeah. Uh, so I'm tentatively out on Michael Pratt, and I, he's kind of high in my rankings right now. I think he's too high. Michael Pratt I have at 24. I had him at 16. So, yeah. Right in front of J.J. McCarthy. <laughs> oh, you're rude. That's just rude. I flipped it. I flipped it. Okay, yeah. I have to move <laughs> a little more there tonight. Uh, Carson Beck was another guy we talked about in the offseason. Georgia quarterback here. We thought in the spring game, we thought he was really good in a clean pocket, great mechanics, had a good arm. I haven't seen that at all this year, uh, except for against Kentucky, ironically. But outside of the Kentucky <laughs> game, um, I thought he's been pretty, pretty again, just pretty meh. Uh, he's got the size, the tools, six foot four, two twenty. He's got every single, you know, piece around you you would want around you at a quarterback in college, and he's just not looking great. He just looks like your average pocket passion in college football, and not a guy that you think pretty aggressive in the NFL. There is elements that, that are looking like that. And then one of the things we wanted to see a little bit coming into this year was what is he going to do when he's faced with adversity? How is he going to bring this team, elevate this team um, to another level? Because that's one of the things we never saw with him. He was always in clean situations, coming in preseason and looking really good, late in games, mop-up duty, looking really good. Like Those are all very good situations behind a great offensive line. But and then, I mean, we even saw in some games where they're getting down this year, they start to rely on the running game. You know, like they're, they're, they come out, try to be a little bit of a passing game and then they get behind. Like I remember Auburn was a close game. I can't remember the other one that was a, that was a close game as well. But then all of a sudden, Dejon Edwards goes off for hundred yards. All of a sudden other guys are pitching on the running. It's like, they start to rely more on that than Carson Beck. They start to move away from him being like the conductor of this offense a little bit. And that kind of concerned me a little bit about, you know, what we're expecting of him. Cause I really, that was the one we want to see him elevate the guys around him. That's what we say for starting quarterbacks in the NFL. They got to be able to elevate the players around him. I'm just not sure that we're seeing that from Carson Beck right now. He's, he's managing this offense really well, but I don't know if he's hitting the lofty level. Some of us had for him in the beginning. And I think he struggles with getting passes for a free. Like he's not really improvising. Like once the game plan like crumbles, like he's not, not the best there. Are you out on him for the year or just forever? And you think next year we got to revisit him? I think we probably have to revisit because I don't know if he's, I don't think he's going to come out this year. So I think he's a guy that's going to come back and could possibly get better. Okay. Let's talk about a guy that won't be getting better. And that's Joe Milton, Joe Milton, (laughs) Tennessee quarterback, dude. And was he ever good to begin with? I think that's the question now. (laughs) I know. I know that everyone fell for him last year for that two game sample size. I mean, and who doesn't love small sample sizes? We love small sample sizes. I think he was like, I'm going to look it up. I think it was like 7-0 and and like 300 yards passing two games in a row. I'll pull it up in a sec here. But uh, he's been atrocious. He's got no touch. Uh, they're trying to make everything low eight out, which I think is pretty ironic because this guy has a cannon, and I don't think like he knows how to tame this cannon for low eight out type stuff. He, like, he needs to sling it. Like You got to let this guy just throw it. Well, it makes, you, it makes you wonder, are they is he working in a different offense or are they realizing – shit this guy can't pass down the field consistently enough to run the way we want to we just got to like create some manufactured touches here to move our offense at all because he's been like he's been a struggle to start the year yeah no i well it don't they run like a complex system it's like a lot of like more like timing type stuff it's i thought like it was a complex system where we're like it, if you get it running it's a well-oiled machine the way hen and hooker did but if you can't you know, yeah, I think the the extra thing that that you know that Mil- they like to say Milton has is the athleticism that Hooker brought, which I don't think Milton has at all. But I think that was an extra element to this that that really made this offense move a little more. But I just don't get how Joe Milton at the end of the year, his a dot was like you know in those games that he started once Hendon Hooker you know tore his ACL, 
his ADOT was like double digits every single game and like closer to 20 than it was. I can't remember the exact numbers, but it was like closer to 20 than it was freaking 10. And now he's barely hitting like 10 in any game. Like I don't even, I don't even know if he has 10 in any game in ADOT in any, in any game. So I don't know why they're not using him. Like I, we feel like he should be used, but it makes me concerned that he's just not the guy uh, to, to really run the offense that way. So his ADOT is high at 17.8 actually. Right now? His yard for attempt though is, oh wait, that's last year. Sorry. <laughs> That's a good call. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> good call. Good call. 10.3. 10.3. Yeah. I don't know like, why. Hey, his yard for so 6.9. You should get Nico Yamalieva in there, man. That's what I want to see. Are you concerned about him? Like the lack of them putting him in? This is no. more of a cover. Okay. Not really. We'll because I think, I think the only re- yeah, we'll talk about it another time. But I think the only reason that other guys are getting in some of the times is in mop-up duty or whatever. Tennessee's just not been that good this year for, for them no, to get into those situations. Hurley and lose to Kentucky, probably. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> the um, no, but I, I'm out on Joe Milton. I, mean, I don't think he can run this offense. And no, if he can't run I, I don't. Offense, I don't know if we were ever really in. If people, no, we weren't. But like the industry now. was. Like people yeah. were. I, I know some PFF guys that were saying he's he's the most talented prospect they've ever seen. I remember yeah. that in the off season. I think I think we all know which one I'm talking about. Tan, the Tanner <laughs> McKee supporter out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Going over to another guy, Sam Hardman. I thought Sam Hardman was actually going to cook this year with Notre Dame. I really did. Um, he's been very not. I, it feels like he like rides us to the occasion, and then against weak competition, he falls to the occasion as well. It just doesn't seem like he played. He plays to his competition level. He doesn't really elevate this offense at all. And I thought, I really thought this guy was going to have a really good year because he just. I don't. I don't have to say, Corey. Sam Hardman's looked terrible, right? <laughs> Well, I think moving away from, you know, the the Wake Forest system and coming here has kind of um, shown his weaknesses a little bit as a passer, like working in a little bit more of a system. I mean, countless times this year I've seen him be a little bit late on a pass. That, like, I remember even week one, he would have had like another touchdown to to freaking Jaden Greathouse if he could hit him. Or I think it was Jaden Greathouse. Anyways, it might have been Flores. But if he would have hit him in time, he waits for things to be open too. Uh, I think that's part of coming from that slow mesh system. You're so used to seeing guys running wide open across the field when their speed just beats the other guy. Creates very easy uh, completions. And I don't know if they're getting that here. They don't really have that speed on this on this offense as well. And I think he's adjusting to that. And I think it's, it's kind of showing the type of limitations he has as a quarterback a little bit. I think he's, he's very good. I think, you know, Alabama would be really happy to have him right now, but, um, yeah, exactly. They're the wrong, uh, the wrong, uh, Notre Dame quarterback, but, um, he's been fine. I mean, I, I think me and you've talked about it before. I w- I've never been in on him as an NFL guy. I think he, he, he could have a future because of the football IQ, because of the experience as a backup on the NFL level, but n- nothing that I see being an NFL starter. I thought he could play his way into early day three conversations. He's gotten progressively worse uh, yeah. the last four weeks. Ohio State, 17 for 25, 175 yards, one touchdown. Duke, 222 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Louisville, 252 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. They lost that game. And then they beat USC on the back of their defense, and he only threw for 126 yards. Yeah, he, he is just a piece of this offense. He's not the conductor, like, right now. You know what I mean? Like, he's just another yeah. – piece of this right now between their run game their defense and everything else so yeah anyway so sam Harmon's officially officially done we're both officially yeah. out it was mostly me that was kind of pushing it was a maybe but uh jalen milrow i i don't know if, were you in on him Jaylen i was I, I'll, I'll fully admit that i think he had traits that were um 
interesting between the big gun, um, you know, the build, the athleticism, the, the running ability, and then some of the flashes he had shown, you know, in some of the spring games and stuff like that. But I'm totally off this guy now. I just, I, we've clearly seen now that he's gotten a full time to start. And, you know, I should have listened to a lot more of what you guys were probably saying, but he just clearly isn't. He can't read a field very well. He hasn't developed that part of his game. If it's not a deep shot, or if it's not his first initial read, the play just crumbles and he takes off and he, he looks to take off and run right away. And now the offense is pretty much running. You know, I even said this in the beginning that I wonder if this offense will revert to like what it was when Jalen Hurts was kind of really young in this offense. And that's kind of what they're doing now. It's just a lot of running plays. They're running him a lot. What are they passing the ball like freaking 17 times a game right now or something like that? Like it's they're really not expecting him to be a pass right now. Um, but uh, I, I just don't think he has the field vision to really translate to the NFL. I think he has interesting traits still. Maybe someone takes a shot for that reason, but no later, no earlier than day three. I didn't write this name down, but this will be the last one. KJ Jefferson of Arkansas. He's been much more athlete than quarterback. There's been some people arguing for his case the last couple of years. I, I've always thought he was bailed out by like Traylon Burks and low yak type guys and, mm-hmm. and superior usage of their good athletes. Um, but now with like Raheem, who we'll talk about later struggling and they don't really have any good pass catchers out there. So these superior athletes that they surrounded him with, they're no longer there. I do think that the only reason Arkansas is doing anything right now is because of him, but he's still not, he's not the same rusher. He was for some reason, not finding the same type of room. It makes me wonder, like I have to like no running backs are really finding any room. KJ Jefferson's not finding any room. So I'm wondering if that's a little bit of an issue here as well. But um, I always pictured him as like a day three, three developmental guy. I was one of the guys that kind of, again, liked his traits a little bit. I thought he had really big, kind of the same thing like Jalen Miller, except I, I believe he had more of a passing talent than Jalen Miller had, but um, he hasn't shown really anything this year. Like struggles with the accuracy, his only game yeah. above 250 passing yards, LSU, um, which is yeah. a terrible defense this year. Apparently everybody, it's, a, free, like, it's hey. a freebie, bro. It's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, going on the running backs though. Um, I do want to talk about, I'm going to talk about Raheem because we just talked about Arkansas there. Uh, I'm not out. This is a negative Nancy show, but I'm not out on Raheem, but I moved him down. I moved him down in my rankings. He's not, there's no way he's coming out this year on the path he's on. I need him to lose. I need him to lose weight. We've seen him be a complete running back the year before, did everything right, everything we wanted to see. So it's not like the whole like injury, didn't come back from injury right. He's not a knucklehead. I don't know. I I think the teams are really bad, like the offensive line the court is talking about. And I, I think, I think the weight has to, he has to cut weight. He has to cut weight. Yeah, because I mean, it just brings the questions now, like, is he lethargic just because of the injury or is he lethargic because of the weight as well? And maybe, you know, ballooning up to this level, even if it's no body fat or whatever, maybe it's just too stiff, too lethargic of a size, too big of muscles to really be like the type of mover that he wants to be at the size he is. Like, So maybe this will be a learning experience for him in this year. Maybe he can cut down to a better weight coming into next year and hopefully be the guy that we kind of saw really come into his own in his sophomore season. Man, I thought he looked great thought he looked awesome he really like started to become a better runner more natural runner in the open field he has that receiving ability as well and then now we got this year like I just don't even know what to do with him right now like so I I've at least lowered him he's still in my top 10 of running backs right now but uh he's under Quinshawn Judkins right now who's also struggled so I don't know between those two I don't know who I want more uh when I'm starting them down a draft right now probably none of them <laughs> I'm moving down to RB7 as well but like, yeah you know that's my tier two so he's top of tier two for now he's out of mm-hmm. tier one yeah um going on to oh, also just just to wrap it up uh if he gets like if he goes to the draft this year i think he's a locked in day three guy i don't think day two is in the cards for him at all i think that's fair yeah yeah like 
you know, someone believes in him, fifth round pick. Like I don't, I don't even think it's yeah. a fourth rounder. Um, all right, let's talk. I want to talk about two guys that were kind of more my guys for me and you both. We were really hyping them up. I think I'm ready to throw in the towel on one and then another one, a little bit of a maybe. Anyway, I'm talking about Utah running back Jaquindon Jackson. We'll talk about mm-hmm. him first. Uh, he's in a rotational piece week one. I'm watching that game and they're using him on pass blocking and some running plays and they're like kind of rotating the rushing hills with everybody, but he's the he's like the designated pass blocker. He's just not getting the workload. He's an older prospect. He switched over from quarterback, which is kind of nice. He's definitely very athletic um, and showed off some really good stuff end of last year. But if he's not getting the increased workload, I'm not seeing any. I have, seen, I have not seen development. I've not seen him take a step forward from last year as far as like his skill set. I just think he's very athletic still, and that's it. And so I'm, I don't want a raw, older running back. I don't want that. No, and I, he has had a few games this year because, I mean, he was injured in the beginning of the year. I don't know how much that was really affecting him. And, you know, same thing with, with Raheem Sanders, you know, how much to put that injury on him. And, you know, he's been in and out of the lineup a little bit, didn't play last week, came back for these past two weeks now, I believe, or, or maybe just the last week. Had a nice game, I believe, somewhere in there as well. But then, like, this past week had this uh, this other guy come out of nowhere that was a converted player, I believe, and uh, rushed for like over 122 yards or something like that as a converted safety, I believe. Something yeah. – uh, he was converted safety, right? Yeah, I believe so. I don't remember the name. Yeah. I'm not dug into it. Yeah, I haven't watched the game yet either. But again, so now just another piece that got added to this backfield. And then the coach actually just said, yeah, he's going to be getting more opportunities now. So now, like, I don't know how far Quinn and Jackson is going to keep falling here. So, yeah, unfortunately, a guy that we probably had locked in as a top 10 running back preseason rankings for this draft yeah. class, um, probably outside of it right now. He went from RB, peaked at RB 13 for me in the offseason, all the way down to RB 37. And yeah, I think I'm going to plummet him a little bit more by next week. Uh, that's this the problem week, when you're aggressive with it, though. You know what I mean? Like, we, yeah, we go on yeah. these small sample sizes, and we're you're trying to get in early on something because you want to be in early. You want to tell people, okay, get in now before the price skyrockets. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like get on. And then, unfortunately, you know, sometimes you hit, sometimes you miss. And that's unfortunate. You don't want to draft, like, the mediocre guys that you know are already going to be mediocre next level. Like, you yeah. want to have some upside when you're playing, like, c to c and debbie like you're hoping for another step to be taken yeah let me ask you one here because i have them kind of close in my rankings i don't know because i know you moved them up a little bit but quinn and jackson or laquint allen of syracuse i got laquint higher oh, so LeQuint. good man yeah yeah i got him i got him higher too rb30 Higher than that for me. <laughs> I just want to check where you have him. <laughs> he's a top 20 he's a 25 running back all right, let's move on to C.J. Donaldson, West Virginia running back. Um, I, I do think he has a good first step. I love that he feels like he pretty consistently falls forward, um, but without like open holes, like I don't think he's getting much after that. So I'm not a big C.J. Donaldson fan. I'm still interested in the skill set. I would rather he transfer, which it's West Virginia, so that's that's you know <laughs> there's more of a non-zero chance he does that. Uh, but this year. I thought he was really good the first three weeks, and then he's been really bad the last three weeks. So uh, I'm definitely off of him. I don't think he's ever going to be a day two guy. So if I'm looking for improvement, it's because I'm looking for him to be like an early day three. But I don't think he's he's a sophomore player. There's plenty of time to improve. But I am not excited about how this year has gone. Yeah, a little bit of a lethargic mover. Not, not a guy who really excels with footwork really well. And last year, we saw a lot of those open holes that he was running wide open through. And we were even kind of talking about on this pod, you know, during the season last year. We don't really know how to analyze this. But for some reason, these holes are wide open for him. And for some reason, yeah. he's breaking plays like crazy and breaking tackles. Like, he was just doing a lot last year. And it did feel a little bit artificial on the surface. Like, we were almost, like, some 
some part of me was almost waiting for it to crash down. I don't know if it crashed down as much as maybe I thought it could. I think he's kind of leveled off somewhere in the middle. Like, I don't think he's a Debbie asset, but he's a starting running back on the, on a CFF level. That's, that's holding a role. And that's maybe something that I didn't know was actually in his cards. Cause I thought he was kind of raw and I didn't really know where his future was there. So um, yeah, I'm kind of with you. Um, I, I don't think he has a future as an NFL running back. He's been atrocious going down on first contact so often the last three weeks. Uh, longest run, 17 yards on the season. You know, yeah, like it's yeah, it's been bad. It's been bad. I think he can turn around, but it's been bad so far. I'm not out forever, but again, if I'm in, it's more in the day three realm. Yeah. Uh, going on to Roman Hemby, you were kind of driving that train last year, the Maryland running back, uh, casualty of the Josh Gaddis system. You know how Josh Gaddis comes in. There. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. And I was in on him a little bit early when he did start to kind of like break out a little bit. But like when I did write eventually write his profile for the Debbie guy and I got a little bit of a closer look at him, I did see what I felt like was a little bit of limited athletically. Um, I didn't think he was, you know, the most sudden mover. Um, I thought some of the stuff was very manufactured for him in the passing game as well. He wasn't a guy who was excelling down the field or anything like that. So it just like felt like he just he came off as a little bit of a jag. When I, when I watched him a little bit closer on the for that Debbie profile. So I'm not super surprised, I guess, that he kind of ended up this way. But I think there was some upside there. It was fine to be on him a little bit just to see where it went after the season he had. But part of me is not really surprised he ended up where he did. Yeah, I uh, I love I love that you said Jack. That's his actual, yeah. I think. Just the guy. Yeah, he's yeah. just a guy, yeah. <laughs> um. Case McClellan, we've talked about quite a bit here, but we just want to reiterate for Alabama. I still think he's maybe a day three guy. I don't I don't think he's ever gonna be a day two. It's and I'm saying that about an Alabama running back. I can't wait to be wrong on that one. Like I just feel it in my bones. Like the university is gonna say, F you, Mike, we're gonna make this guy a superstar now. I just think though that when we're also looking at this running back class and we're talking about we don't even think there's a first round running back in this in this class. So when we're talking about we're our top like, tier. Uh, yeah. Those guys, those guys take up like round two and some around three. Like how many more backs do you expect to fit in there on day two? Like a lot of these backs are going to be freaking day three backs. If they even get freaking drafted. <laughs> Ray Henderson's like hurt now. Yeah. I don't even feel good about saying early day two for anyone right now. I, yeah. I think this sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just the way, and the, they're just the way the running back position is going too. It's like, yeah, you, if you're not a superstar, like, I don't know. And there's no superstars in this class right now. No. Going on to another guy that's really disappointed with Donovan Edwards. Kudos for us for not being in on him, bro. I know you don't have him on your roster. I certainly don't have any of my rosters. No, I don't have him Never. on any of my rosters. Yeah, dude, that guy, I've actually tanked him, by the way. I just – did you see him wave off Blake Corman, by the way, on the goal line run? And then they called a no, timeout. Oh, did he really? Yeah, yeah. And then they, they had to waste a timeout to get Corman back. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I know he waved him off, though, like this is mine. Dude, oh, wow. I think he got his first rushing touchdown this weekend, too. His first yeah. one. I will admit that I was more interested in the traits that he had because, you know, was receiving or did have a little bit more of a receiving threat, you know, was a little bit more explosive than, than Coram was like, I always used to say, if I was still in a, if I was in a draft and I had my choice between Coram and Edwards, like coming into the year, I was still taking Edwards every time, like just because the upside is there. And I was still saying it for like the first couple of weeks too, but now I'm kind of, <laughs> now I'm kind of like, I don't even know if I want any Michigan back at this point, but no, um, Edwards on the year, 60 attempts, 197 yards, one touchdown. It's been it's been terrible for Donovan Edwards and Blake Holmes looked okay. I mean Blake Holmes looked okay. I want to say that he's looked okay, especially compared to Donovan Edwards. Uh, but anyway, I, I think he's fancy a, Chase Brown is Blake Holmes. 
<laughs> I am out on down. I think Benjamin Hall even got the lion's share of the rush workload this last week. Yeah, he was in there a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Darkest Hunter, number seven. Austin talked about him two weeks ago. We also weren't high with him. Honestly, Darkest Hunter to me was the SEC version of Bucky Irving. You know, like that's, yeah. you know, without good pieces around him, but they're the exact same player to me. Like they're the exact same person, uh, except for one doesn't have a a tape about him floating around. And so, Pac-12 defenses to play against. Yeah, that would be a pretty big <laughs> yeah. advantage. I guess, yeah. Although, I don't, is that actually true this year still? I don't even know. I'd have to actually look at it a little bit. This that, year. Yeah, Pac-12 defenses are terrible this year. Yeah, they're still pretty bad. Yeah, okay. They're terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have much to say about him. Uh, he's a guy that didn't excel running down the middle. He balanced everything out wide. Everyone was like, oh, he's more efficient than Tank Bigsby. Well, yeah, because when they put in Tank, they know he's going to the middle. And Anyway, it's yeah. just... Flashed against poor competition, kind of once he hit tougher competition faded away it's kind of the, just the, t- the typical guy yeah that we just benefited off a tank NBA. getting most of the attention too like that's yeah and the other guy that you're that you were talking about there bucky irving over on the other side is another guy too that i that i, I just think that i'm anybody who knows us at least knows that we're not in on him as much as a lot of people other people are like i understand the production um you know the pass catching abilities but there's just you know there there's traits about his game that i don't really love a smaller guy um, I know some of them are getting more opportunities on the NFL, but there's just opportunities right now. I don't know if we have enough of a sample size to say that some other guys are still going to succeed. I will, I will definitely say they're getting more opportunities and guys are being more lenient on accepting those guys and playing them. But let's see how they, how these next couple of years go. If that's this kind of a new trend here. And you know, this is not a guy who plays with a ton of play strength. Um, he's also the type of guy that, like, he always tries to keep bouncing the play outside. Even if his start run starts inside, it's like he's constantly moving to the outside, trying to use his speed to get that edge on the outside. It's gotten a little bit better if you look at the PFF chart. That's one of the things me and you talked about a little bit last year. I was looking at that chart. All his production was like on the outsides, and then he had like very, very minimal in between the tackles. But he just it's both these guys day three. T- I don't even know if Jarquez under is even a day three tight, but. No. Bucky Irving strikes me as the type of guy who's going to get looked at because of, you know, the way Oregon gets looked at. But he's a day three guy, probably has a role in the NFL level, but he, like tops out for me as like a Kenny Gainwell type player. That would be best case scenario for me. Best, yeah, I that's what I mean. Good. Tops out, tops out for me yeah. as that type yeah. of player. It's just a pass catching back. And I think those guys are a little more unpredictable at the next level. Like they, yeah. they can just, they can pick up some random FCS guy. I've never heard of me like, passing back. So. Uh, one last guy for running backs here, uh, Caleb Johnson of Iowa. I, I yeah. mean, I think I don't think I've heard anyone talk about him for a while, so I just wanted to say, is he dead? Is he done? Yeah. Well, we done? we brought him up, I think, on our on our show when we were talking about uh, the rankings episode. But yeah, he he did get injured, and then like okay. we don't really know how to how to take that but he was super inefficient when he first started he kind of had this weird bounce back like a couple weeks ago but um again it didn't look the greatest again this past week so um unfortunately just not again a guy that we tried to kind of get in on early and hope that you know some of the flashes we saw last year was going to blossom into like this big role this year we saw some traits that we liked he had a little bit of a size speed thing but just isn't coming through this year just isn't looking like a guy that we should really be like nothing spectacular here at the moment his big week was against Purdue, week six, 17 for 134 and one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Zero missed tackles forced on that game and also nine yards for contact. Is, that even, possi- big- is that even possible? <laughs> he, on the year, he's got 1.8 yards per, uh, yards after contact. He's just, yeah. Iowa's not opening these holes like they used to, and he's just not profiting from it. So, no, no. That's it. So, again, another, another jag. All right. Let's go on to wide receivers, though. Uh, this was a harder list for me. Um, I felt like I actually feel like I'm looking at my rankings now. They're a little bit more chalky compared to industry. I really do feel that. I moved a lot. I moved a lot of my misfits down. We'll talk about that someday. Um, 
probably where they belong. They they move back where they belong. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> let's start off with Antoine Wells, who's been injured, so this feels like a little bit of a low blow. But yeah, I really gotta say, get a guy while he's down. Why don't you? <laughs> Sorry. Antoine Wells is entering his fifth year since leaving high school. That's four years of him playing football, though. He went to a prep school, so let's see the full context. So CFF guys are saying, oh, he's a four-year player. But for the Debbie and for NFL, we care about the age. We care about when they left high school because that's when eligibility counts. He's This is his fifth year, and he has no production profile due to injury. Xavier caked up Leggett is getting all the looks over there at, at, at um, South Carolina. So I don't. I don't know how it's going to split if he comes back, but it's just he's going to need a like Devontae Walker type game when he comes back. And they are in the SEC, so they'll play probably good competition down the down the stretch. I'm not familiar with the schedule, but I'm sure they'll have some good wins down the stretch. Um, but I think Antoine Wells, who I thought was a fringe like day two guy, probably day three. Mm-hmm. I think that's slipping through the grass. He'll have to come back for his year. He'll be a sixth year player. Um, six year players are kind of new to the NFL thanks to COVID, so haven't really seen one hit yet just because there hasn't been that many opportunities out there for them to really hit but i think antoine wells somehow still has some value you should get out while you can but i i'm i'm just done i wasn't really in to begin with but now i'm definitely not in yeah like i was definitely interested and i started i i took a couple shares he was going way higher than i could pull the trigger on unfortunately by the time like the season came around but i did grab a couple shares i like the size i like some of the production that i did see i thought he was a well-rounded wide receiver like you know, if I were to like give him like, like, I don't think he's like a super sun move or anything. Like if there was a super upside comparison to give him, like I thought he was kind of like, had like a Brandon Ayuk type of style to him, or I thought he could act like a team's like wide receiver one, uh, move around the field, be pretty good at that. But again, and, and this was a guy too, I remember looking at, you know, they have that NIL valuation. Now he was like one of the highest NIL valuations coming into like the year, which I don't know how much truth there is to that. I don't know how they're getting these numbers, if they're guessing them or whatever. But when I saw that, I was like, man, this guy must have like some attention. He was high on draft boards coming into the year. Like, so I was like, I started to buy into that a little bit like that. And unfortunately, yeah had the injury hasn't been able to back up a lot of those thoughts this profile is feeling eerily similar to Cedric Tillman in a sense where both of them had like that crazy good fourth year then their fifth year was completely marred by injuries um Tillman ended up coming back and getting a little bit more playing time uh, and, and, you know, maybe flashing a little bit, but still didn't really look like himself. I'm wondering if Anton Wells can do that a little bit here and then get enough attention, you know, maybe goes to the senior bowl and becomes a third round pick. But I think that's kind of like the upside that I would see for him right now. I never, like, I don't ever thought he had the footwork though. Like as a player going into the year, like great play strength, great hands, but like, there's nothing about his routes I thought were special at all. And for an older yeah. guy, I, I don't get it, dude. I never, I didn't get it. I didn't get it outside that he doesn't really drop balls, and that he's yeah. not like soft effort. Like he can take contact better than most wide receivers. Besides, yeah, that, he's a though, he's a physical like and a very good hand catcher, very natural hand catcher. Yeah, yeah. But I don't ask him like double move or make a guy juke out of his shoes. Like, I just didn't. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't in. Uh, Colby Young. Colby Young was a guy for me and Corey here had a fantastic week one. Uh, and then Les let us down ever since. Uh, I think week two was okay too. I mean, we'll give him a little bit of that, but yeah, unfortunately they, they seem to have settled around <laughs> Jacoby George, just being their outside shot guy. And then Restrepo in the middle, it's pretty much leaving Colby young as just a third option possession wide receiver to like move the chains or something like that. That's pretty much and like the role that they put guy. in. Dude, he's six foot. Like they made him a yak guy. I, yeah. I don't like how they're using him. I don't like how they're using him, but I don't either. No, I don't. Yeah. 
Um, but again, he's another, he's not, he's a Juco guy. I'm sure he'll go back. I think he'll be entering his fifth year if he goes back. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's a, it's a day three hopeful profile. Like that's pretty much what you're hopeful. hoping for with him now. Yeah. Hopeful. hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, sad. Uh, I started him in a league last week. I really was counting on him. I had so many buys. And I was like, bro, please, it's UNC. Just catch yeah. a touchdown. I think you can I have do it. started him yeah, periodically throughout like, the last couple of weeks. And now I'm just like, um, I'm done. Because even his targets were more than Jacoby George was. He was like the second highest targeted guy, even if like the, all the production wasn't there. So I was like, it's going to come. It's got to come. But it just hasn't really been there. I had, a, I had a choice last week, not this past weekend, but like two weekends ago. To start him or Isaiah Bond, I was like, which one's going to score a touchdown? Isaiah Bond against Texas A&M or Colby Young against um, against Georgia Tech? And I chose Colby Young, and it was wrong because yeah, Isaiah Bond yeah. went for like 94 yards and a touchdown. And I was like, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> love, I love fantasy football, dude. Um, Bo Collins was getting some hype by his coach and by some, I think, teammates, but also some some guys in the fantasy spaces to come back for uh, – a guy for Clemson saying he's got good moving ability for his skill. He's always been kind of hurt. He's always been a little bit of a mystery for us. Um, yeah. And that, that's really where the evaluation actually like begins and like stops for me at the, and not that he's so much of a mystery. It's at this point that I just haven't seen anything that grabs my attention. I'm just like, maybe there's more intricacies that I have to watch in between like the stem of his routes and how good of a mover he is. And there's traits that people are seeing. There's people that I respect that do like Bo Collins a lot more than I seem to. I just haven't seen anything special. I don't, uh, other than a, a decent freshman season where he produced in a room that was lacking weapons, I just haven't seen anything to really be on this guy. I'm with you. And I'm going to say this right now. I think he transfers. Uh, he's a yeah. junior this year. I think he's going to, Realize that he's not going to get it with Kate Klubnik, and he's got to go somewhere else. Yeah, I, I mean, just to toss in another guy here that I re- really like, the guy that I've been holding a torch for for forever, the other Clemson wide receiver, and Adam Randall, who's, you know, this guy was like pushing for my tier one last year in 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 this class, and you know, I think the injury is obviously a play here recovering from the ACL, but I just don't think he's looked anything like the type of prospect that I saw on on film. And I, I just want to say there's an element to this where, like, we do a last chance episode in the offseason every time. Guys, we're going to kind of throw one more chance to. It's kind of neat to look back on that. I, I wonder who, which guys we gave. I want to kind of look back on that. We should do that one of these episodes. But anyways, like, I liked him as a prospect. And with sometimes these injuries, like, you see guys kind of come back. Marshawn Lloyd we're talking about now as a guy because he's kind of, after two years post-injury, kind of looking like himself again. There's an element here to where I might still throw one last chance here at Adam Randall eventually. But as of right now, like, I don't know how I can, you know, endorse picking him. I don't know how I can, endorse, especially at some of the prices he's still going, unless he drops considerably and it's like a free pick to take like near the end of your drafts and just see what happens. Like, yeah, he's, he's fallen. He's fallen for me. I have to be honest with myself. Uh, yeah. That's a good call. He could be a last call type of guy. If he transfers, we can probably, I can see us yeah. falling in love with him again. And then Adam Randall is, I, I, by the way, Adam Reno is the guy that's fallen the farthest for me. My, my recent update, yeah. he's my he's my biggest dropper across all position groups. He went from 25 to, I think, like 85. Yeah, he's going to be, like, plummeting for me, too. I don't even know where I have him right now, but it's probably too high because I don't know if I've plummeted him yet. It's hard to plummet a my guy, bro. I, I always, like, my collection at the end of my rankings are guys I've loved at some point in time. Like, I just can't let him go. I just put him at the back. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I want to talk about I'm gonna talk about Johnny Wilson here from FSU. No one's talked about him, and he's had like a okay production year, which I think is funny. Like that's how much people love Keon Coleman. <laughs> yeah. um, he's got like three games over 90 yards, and he's only played five games. 
a lot of drop. Uh, speaking of Keon Coleman, who had a weird game of going 0-3 against Boston College, Johnny Wilson was 0-5 for 5 against Southern Miss on like 13 routes run. Um, so that was funny. Both those guys just have really random, weird games to just disappear. But our analysis of Johnny Wilson, mostly Corey, was saying that he doesn't attack the ball, lets the ball get into him. I think he's a lethargic mover. Like I he's six foot seven. Like I can't really say he's lethargic, but it's like he's big. It's awkward. It's not as awkward as like Jelani Woods from back in the day, but it's Yeah. I'd say it's like lanky because I actually do give him credibility as like I think for a guy who's six seven, I think he actually moves pretty good considering like you know the size. way we watch like Darren Walder run around yeah. run around out there who are like they're they're considerable size, they're con- comparable sizes, I mean. Um, but I think that he has he has some more movement skills to him. But yeah, it's it's his hands that are like the major problem. He could still be a day three guy to me, but I'm not interested in him as a Debbie asset. I just wonder. Yeah, I just think that somebody might fall in love with the traits because I think like he even has some pretty good testing numbers if you look at his prospect profile. Like I think he has, if I'm not mistaken, it's like a it's like a four point five eight forty. He has like a thirty seven inch vertical, and this is all as like a six seven true freshman or as a recruit even. So if he even can, if you even improve those numbers, even a little bit, like you're talking to some six, seven guy that comes in and runs a four, four, nine and jumps 39 inches, you know, someone's going to want to take a shot on that. Do you think he's a better prospect than Warren Jackson from Colorado state back in the day? Oh God, I was never really a Warren Jackson guy, but to be honest, I never really gave Warren Jackson, maybe the type of love that Felix probably hopes I gave him, but because uh, <laughs> he was cute, trying to push him on me pretty hard, but I, uh, I would say that Johnny Wilson is a more interesting prospect for the NFL level. Colin Johnson. Colin Johnson. Did I say Colin Johnson? No, I meant. No, uh, I think we, I oh. think Barnabas did. And I actually liked it. I, I believe I'm not sure. Yeah. I think less, I think Colin Johnson is maybe a little less of a, of a more physical, less finesse. And I think Johnny Wilson wants to be more finesse. I don't know if he is though. But yeah. yeah. All right, to cap <laughs> off the wide receivers though, we want to talk about a guy we're worried about just like Raheem. We're worried about, and we had to move him down just because we have to acknowledge the struggles. Barry and Brown, Kentucky wide receiver, great mm-hmm. athlete, great punt returner. Um, Kentucky's passing offense looks uh, less than advertised this year. Yeah, I, I don't think Deb, I don't think Leary was was very good. Was no, very good. But like yeah. I thought, we want to see Barry and run routes. We understand he's a great athlete, all that. He's definitely put on pounds. I think he's still listed at one sixty six on. I think he's on PFF, but I know he's put on weight. He's put on. He's put on weight. That's incorrect. Uh, but. He's not getting open. He's not even on the field that often either for some of these play, play. Like Florida, only 12 receiving snaps. Georgia, only 12 receiving snaps. Uh, so I, I don't like. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. They're trying to use him as just a deep threat. I want – this is a chess piece. They should be able to using him in multiple ways, getting some nice mm-hmm. little yak stuff, some nice – I don't know. Dude. I think the usage is off, but I also don't think there's any development here, so now I'm a little worried. Yeah, I talked about this a little bit on the Debbie Sesh, which you guys should check out, by the way, every ta- every tailgate uh, Saturday mornings on the YouTube channel and the Campus Canton uh, network. But um, they are just using him in wildly different ways. Like his ADOT is like double digit. Last year he was getting so many manufactured touches, and he's so, such a good athlete. He does such a good job with those manufactured touches. I don't know why you're not working in those into him more. And I will say 
I've been saying the returning health of Tavion Robinson, who I guess has been a little bit in and out himself as well, but maybe he's just taking a little bit more of those looks. He's had a couple of big games as well, and maybe they're just using him a lot more in those roles. And like we said, Brian Brown was very raw and they are trying to put him into this role. And the thing that worries, like, I think it is a good thing because I think it's a good thing for his development. And I still see things that I like. There are times he was getting open there. He has had some decent games here. Maybe the production just isn't there from like a, a grand scheme of things, but the thing that worries me is like, is he, they're putting him in this role. And what if he doesn't succeed in becoming a more advanced technical wide receiver? And, you know, kind of like next year, we see him revert back to like these manufactured touches. Then it becomes a hard evaluation because, you know, the evaluation for freshman season was manufactured touches athlete, not progression in sophomore season, progression in junior season. He becomes this round one type wide receiver who can actually run routes and do stuff. Now, if he doesn't excel in this jump up and reverts back to manufacturer touches, like it's kind of a hard profile to look at. So I think there is some concern there that he is just really raw. Um, but I still have him pretty high. Uh, I mean, I know this is a negative Nancy show, but I think I still have some, uh, some hope for him. I think he's just settling into this new role. Let's see how it kind of progresses throughout the season. I moved him from wire receiver five to wire receiver 14. If you have the rankings in front of you. Yeah, I think I I see. I still have my wide receiver 10, which is probably a little bit too high to be okay. honest. Like, I think I'd rather have Ted McMillan over him. I think I might even take Romo Dunze over him. I have, well, I have both of those guys in front of him, actually. Actually, yeah. the two guys right in front of him are those two, but uh, yeah. two guys behind him, Eugene Wilson. Would you rather Eugene Wilson? Uh, no, Matthew Golden. I'd say Eugene Bond. Wilson, kind of the same thing, though, right now, right? Kind of a lot of manufactured touches for him, too, right now. Yeah, but I put that more on Graham Mertz, though, you know, what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, it's true. Um, and then Golden and Bond. and Okay, anyway. Yeah, I, I have him at 14. I'm not out. Tier 2 guy for me, but definitely, like, he's the only guy on my, like, solidified, like, top upper tier that I had to drop. You know, he's, like, that one tier one guy that yeah. I'm like, well, maybe. Well, I'm Raheem, Raheem Sanders, too. I mean, if we're not talking about, if we're talking about running backs, too. But, yeah. Yeah, those are the two. Those it. are the two highest, highest ranked guys that have dropped so far. All right. Um, honorable mention for running backs, Audrey Gessamay. I'm just, I don't care. I don't care mm-hmm. about his yards. He's been failing the last couple of weeks for obvious reasons because he's not good. He needs those <laughs> holes open for him. He's a tank. Yeah. He, doesn't, he doesn't do anything creative. Anyway, day three guy. Probably won't see him in the NFL. Uh, game of the I, week. I think, I, think I, 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 would, I would think we see him in the NFL. I think I'll, I'd, I'd say that. He'll be a day three okay. pick. He's a Notre Dame running back, like freaking – What's his, what's his name was he even playing uh, Jamal Josh Williams Adams or Josh, some, some other running they back send, like, time ago. They send a guy every couple of years and they're always like fourth rounders. And I think yeah, yeah. Really ever hit. it's been like <laughs> three guys every three years. Yeah, it's been, it's yeah. been a weird thing for them. It really um, is. Game of the week. Uh, by the way, you put the acronym like GOTW. And I thought it was like Game of Thrones. And I was like, this guy. Yeah, is- I've... <laughs> I've seen that shit too. When I look at it, I'm like Game of Thrones. What are we talking about? <laughs> um, Ohio State versus Penn State. Uh, great game here. Um, Penn State just let's just get into it. I, I, Penn State somehow like rises up to the occasion. They're so boring. I'm sorry. Penn State's boring, and they always they're just boring. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's get into it. Ohio State versus Penn State. QBs. Kyle McCord. Uh, I think we skipped over him during the QB section. We we're talking about him here. Kyle McCord. Is a very big stock down for me. I, he's going to come back. He's got to come back next year. And then you got to ask the question: What's going to happen to Devin Brown? What's going to happen to Lincoln Kineholes? I'm sure there's another yeah. guy missing. Um, he's got to go back next year. Anyway, I, I don't know, dude. He's had one good game, and this would be a pretty big staple game for him to get back on track. 
but I don't think any of us think he's a day one type of talent anymore. No, I think this, if we want to talk about things we need to see a little bit better from, like, I just don't think he's done anything to really win me over this year, but I just, I don't think he's a great, like, anticipatory thrower. I think the arm talent is just okay. Like, you don't see him, like, rip it, really. You don't see him, like, throw yep. it on a rope. Like, uh, he, he doesn't always need to with a guy like freaking Marvis Harrison around all the time. But still, like, he just doesn't have that kind of arm talent. I don't think he has great footwork. I think he, you know, I've often talked about how he doesn't step into his throws. There are times when he does, and those are some of his best throws on tape. I just don't know why he can't get that a little bit more like consistent um, where that footwork works with the upper body and it looks a little bit better to me. But I, I struggle to find anything that really stands out about the profile. So yep. this game is going to be a nice test for him. Um, it should put a little bit more pressure on him to have, you know, be a little more creative, especially if that running back room is a little bit questionable. We'll get into a little bit right now, but it's going to be put on his back to kind of win against a tough point right here. So, so maybe show me something, Kyle McCord, if you want to be considered where a lot of people are thinking about you in the preseason. Can't believe Devin Brown is going to go to Alabama next year. That's yeah, <laughs> well, that would be a huge win for Alabama. Um, I've moved. I moved him down. By the way, I actually have to. I can't find him. He must be yeah. deep. Oh, he's deep. How far? Thirty nine. Thirty nine. That's a good number because I didn't move him down that far. He's twenty nine for me. I put him behind Dylan Gabriel. Let me just tell you that. Behind, right behind. Dylan? Oh God, I don't know about that one. <laughs> 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 I don't know if I would have dropped him that far, but uh, I'm going to him up too. Let's head on over to Drew Aller. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about Mr. Drew Aller. I think look at some of the good with him. Um, true sophomore season here. We had a lot of expectations coming in 12 touchdowns to zero interceptions. That's really good. Only one turnover worthy play in 180 attempts. You know, that comes out to a 0.5% rate. So he's really not putting the ball in harm's way. Uh, only sucked five times on the year. So that he gets the ball out very quickly. He's playing really well in those aspects. Um, of the game, really respectable start. Start uh, some of the bad over the last three weeks versus Iowa, Northwestern, and UMass. Under 200 yards passing in each of those games versus Northwestern, especially dip below 55% completion. A six-point yard a dot on the year, only three big-time throws. That's 1.6%. He's just like generally been playing really safe. I think like he's just not pushing the ball outside the numbers. Eight, eight touchdowns he's, though in the three game span. Just saying. Eight, yeah, eight it, it, no, that's what I'm saying. Like he's just not, but he's letting the strength of the team win around him. Right, it's good defense. It's a good running game. He's just not putting a ton on his shoulders. I kind of want to see that from him though. Like I think he's got a great opportunity here. You know, game of the week here, big opponent. Um, put the team on his back a little bit like that. I know he's kind of lacking a real true number one rep weapon here elevate the guys around you uh win a big game here against ohio state uh, and put the team on your back and i think that uh, i really want to see that from i mean he's locked in quarterback one for next year as of right now because you really don't have a lot of contenders unless you're looking at connor wegman but um i i really want to see him kind of just like rise above this in a big game here the the lack of just raw production i'm absolutely putting on um the co- I can't, the coach's name is escaping me franklin thank you yeah Frank, I almost said Troy Franklin, by the way. Frank yeah. Franklin here. Franklin's play calling is just so conservative, and I just don't think they want to let him cook. And he's a sophomore, so I don't really, I don't, I think that's almost okay. But I'm with you. Like, this is this is the game for you to take a step forward as a leader, elevate that offense that we talk about, and just get it done. I, I, I'm not out on Drew. I know the guys have been kind of souring on him. But I don't really think it's him. I just think it's, I think it's the play calling. Yeah, I've I, I've seen nothing that makes me feel sour on him or whatever, but. I understand the production hasn't been there from like maybe what some people were maybe expecting coming to the year, but team just doesn't have a lot in the receiving core either. Yeah. Yep. I'm hoping for the shootout. Kyle McCord and Drew Oliver. Yeah. What, what did they both cook, dude? The chaos that would ensue. It's going to be a 19-14 type of game. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. 
Um, the running backs. Also, this whole thing is disappointing. I love this game of the week because this whole thing is disappointing players. It is. It's a lot of disappointing. Yeah, it is. Uh, running backs. Katron and Singleton. Let's continue with Penn State here. Singleton's still my RB1. I believe he's probably yeah. RB1 across the board for all of us. Um, super athletic guy. Do you see any develop as a as a runner? Have you seen any development as a runner? Oh, I'd have to look a little bit closer, to be honest with you. I haven't watched as much because I've kind of just been like winning these games easily. And as you kind of look and it's like, oh, yeah, he's got like 70 yards. He's got like 60 yards. You know, they're splitting with Allen or whatever. Then, like, you know, you kind of look at the numbers a little bit. And, like, we were expecting him to take a, a step forward this year. Like, he was very raw coming in. Um, but he's like still splitting right down the middle with Allen. And the more concerning part maybe is that he's slightly being outproduced by Allen right now, just yeah. a little bit in the numbers, right? Like we got to give Allen some, some, some love here too, right? Very refined part of coming out of that IMG program. Um, always a very high rated back as well. We always envisioned him like doing pretty well in the college level. So it's not like a detriment to Catron Allen here. It's just more of a disappointment in like what we had hoped Singleton was going to become like blossoming into his sophomore year. Like, uh, doesn't have 80 yards rushing in any game so far this year. 4.1 yards per carry, only 2.9 yards after contact, which I think is like the most surprising number to me because I think that was like part of his game, which is how much of a tenacious like force he was running and like just blowing people over all the time. Like he does have more receptions than he did last year, which is a nice part of his game, but I just don't know if he's taking that leap that we had kind of hoped coming into this sophomore season. I'm not panicking at all. You know, there's a, there's a bunch of NFL trades. 19 yards. He's supposed to be an athlete. You're telling me there yeah. wasn't one big hole open that he could have ripped off a big run. Yeah. I, I'm worried. I'm a little disappointing. Um, if I could get like a major guy at the NFL level, I'm doing that. Austin tried to engage me in trade cross for Brees Young with Nick Singleton. I'm not going to do that with Nick Singleton. I'm not, I don't want Nick Singleton right now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, don't, I um, still I still have hopes for him though. Like I, I don't want to panic too much, but yeah, I, he was a very. This is the guy. This is this is somebody who was the not the triple raw option quarterback like we were talking about with Donovan, but this is like the triple option running back who was just like the outside option. All he did was run outside in high school. So like I'm just hoping that there's more development still to come from him. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I'm sorry. I'm, lo- I'm looking at the top. I'm running back rankings. The only guy I feel okay. Oh, bad. Is the only guy I feel okay about is Braylon Allen. Which is like saying something too, because it was maybe the guy we're like the shakiest feeling about it during the season. We're like, he has no pass catching chops. Like he's not going to, like he's going to be a singular role guy, but it's like, now we're kind of like, if somebody drafts him high, they're going to use him in that singular role. So he's probably like the safest floor guy here now almost. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, but uh, we talked, I want to ask one more question, one question about these. Uh, we talked about Katron and Singleton, Singleton potentially pulling away in the touches category. He is leading him a little bit, not yeah, very last yeah. year. Um, I would, I'm still going to make this statement. I would love to see Katron transfer out to be the guy somewhere else. I would still yeah. love to see that. I think he could take over a backfield and look much better than he's looking right now at Penn state. Yeah. I think he's still looking pretty good here at Penn state too. And I think that it's, yeah. It's, it's been nothing but positive for him a little bit. I mean, I think he's just looked very good all around. Like, I don't think he's putting in – he's not doing anything super flashy, but he just looked like a very good, well-rounded back. He's RB15 for me right now and all of Debbie. Uh, coming into the offseason, RB20. Like, I don't I don't know if I can ever move him up without seeing more of a workload. Otherwise, I'm going to yeah. keep taking the NFL athlete over the one that's not the NFL athlete. Yeah, because I do feel like there's maybe like a, a lack of upside there, maybe from like an athletic ceiling or like, you know – someone who's just a little bit more exciting in the open field to create those big plays. Cause I don't know if he has that really in his arsenal, but yeah, he's right there for me to RB 16. 
I do want to talk about his pass catching. He's not nearly as good as single-handed pass catching. With two drops in the season, he's just his pass catching is okay. It's nothing special. Yeah. I don't think, I don't uh, think both, any of these guys are going to be world, world beaters, really. Yes, yeah, so let's go on to the other side of the field. Uh, Trey Henderson, uh, he's hurt, right? You're not going to see him yeah. this weekend. Probably won't. No, I think he, I, he, I think he took last week off, but he's. I think, I think he might come back this week if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Okay. Uh, on and off injury guy, which is yeah. kind of an issue right now because that he's a little production profile. We don't want to go back next year. That's the issue. As a runner, he's got you know like limited work, but he's been efficient with it. I don't know. Nothing world beaterish. I I don't know, dude. He's fine. Yeah, we we talked about it a little bit last week. The only thing that I would, that you know we, we even debated a little bit was I was saying like I just don't see why he couldn't be like a DeAndre Swift or like a Dalvin Cook on the next level. Like I just I think he can be used that way and not need to be the strongest play strength type player on, on the field or you know I think he'd be using a similar way to those guys have shifty runner in the open field kind of guy and you know, like the modern NFL committee back I would say. Um, but depending on what he does down the stretch here, because like, yeah, the health is the biggest issue right now. And I do feel like when he has been on the field, I've seen some of that talent that I, th- I thought I saw earlier in his career, but yeah, just the health. I don't understand what's going on with him. I don't know. I don't know when the right time is to label somebody injury prone, but it's getting pretty close. I do think he can help out his stock the most out of this class. So like, I, yeah. I'm not like he's RB four for me right now. And all of Debbie, I think if he, the draft was tomorrow, he's like a third rounder. But I, I really do believe he can come back, tear it up, and go back to being like the RB one in the class. Like I still believe I th- that he has it in him. I think if it's not Braylon Allen that goes first, just because he's a very interesting prospect, that Henderson's the only other guy that I think would be the first running back drafted. There's a lot of running backs to talk here. Did you want to start off with Chip Trainum? My, Mayan Williams, but other guys like I mean I, I don't even know how much we need to talk about them to be honest. I don't even know how much Mayan is an NFL guy. I know there's been some talk about that across the way, but I've never been like a huge Mayan is an NFL guy. I just don't see like the burst from or athleticism that's going to translate to the next level. And Chip Trainum is a very interesting guy, but I was pretty disappointed when he did get his shot a couple of weeks ago to be like the lead guy, and he went like what like twenty for sixty something or seventy something. And I think you got the stats pulled up there, don't you? 20 for 61 and one against Maryland. Yeah. So that was very disappointing. He's almost looked better in a complimentary role where he kind of comes in and is like the thunder to uh, Henderson's lightning. And he's just kind of like brings a different element that the defense isn't expecting. And maybe that's part of it or whatever. But for some reason, he just didn't look the greatest in that game. St- I still really like him as like this very interesting guy storied route for, but um, it's like, we're not telling you like, I'm talking about last pick in your draft type just a guy you're a homer about but nothing that i think is is like bona fide an nfl thing there i don't think chip or mine is draftable right now they both really disappointed uh yeah i do want to talk about Dallin hayden though got some good run last week against yeah. purdue has gotten a rush him all year until purdue 12 for 73 and one three yards after contact uh you know i think we kind of wrote him off initially at the start of the season when chip training kind of showed up and like took over the rb2 slash three role so moved down hayden down rb4 yeah i know which isn't really fair it's like it's like it's like ohio state moved off Dallin hayden for some reason like why yeah, did they go to, to to train him instead but yeah you got to read the tea leaves when that happens though yeah, Purdue has exactly. an atrocious running defense so but and they were like i think they were crushing them weren't they crushing them yeah yeah yeah. Okay. I don't even so, think Purdue had a point till like freaking I don't know, second half of the game. Yeah, I feel like it was like thirty-two to seven. I think I remember like looking at the yeah. score one time, and that was like the score of the game. And I was like, all right, well, that's done. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
uh anyway i down hayden left for dead and then kind of got revived a little bit I, I think i like killed him and then i brought him back in my rankings but i i don't know i'm not excited about any of these guys it's gonna be a headache when henderson leaves deciding who's gonna be the next running back in that backfield yeah i agree with that going over to the pass catchers um I don't think we need to talk Marvin Harrison Jr. He's the top no. five pick in this draft. Egbuka like still um, hurt. I will give a shout out to Carnell Tate, who last week officially broke his zero and zero thresholds, which was never a doubt. We knew he was going to do it, but um, with Egbuka being hurt, he actually acted. I think it was the second most productive wide receiver on the day, which is very good to see. He's kind of meeting. I mean, I would say meeting our expectations as because like, I don't think our expectations were for him to be like a major rotational piece, but we had ex- expectations that he would get on the field, break year one zero and look better than Julian Fleming, which he's done to this point. <laughs> yeah. I want to go back to Abuka though. Do you think like this off season, cause they'll probably both go to draft, right? Abuka and MHJ. Yeah. That we're going to hear like discussions about like, Oh, well, Abuka wouldn't be nearly as productive if MHJ wasn't on the field. Like you, We'll hear everything. We'll hear all of that, I'm sure. There's always – I mean, we were hearing JSN, oh, is he even that good? He only plays from the slot. And is he only like – you know, there's people will pick apart all the guys at the top. And, yeah, that's that's definitely going to be a, a point of contention for Egbuka. I mean, um, he hasn't even been startable this year in, like, C2C. I haven't been starting him. Which he was a locked-in starter last year. Every – every, which is probably more to – I guess more to do with who's throwing the ball than it is actually – Egbuka, yeah. to be honest, <laughs> it's, been tough. it's been tough. I still think he's a first rounder. I think worst case, he's a second rounder. I, yeah, I will say this though. Once like all season discussion happens and like, there's going to be a lot of doubt cast on a Becca, a, a Mecca Buka because of uh combo cords ability to get him the ball. Like the, the top five for me, right? The top five for me is going to be MHJ, Egbuka, worthy neighbors and Kean Coleman. And then for everyone wondering, Romo Dunze's at six. So don't worry about it. Like he's there too. But like, I, I, I can see Emeka taking the biggest hit in the offseason discussions. Yeah, or kind of just falling into like a a guy who's very good at everything, but maybe isn't is lacking an elite trait for someone to like hang their hats on, which I think is kind of like falls into like Malik Neighbors range too. But he's not going to have the same yeah. production profile as Malik Neighbors, you know. So that's it's right. going to kind of be where he starts falling in below some of those guys, right? And Xavier Worthy has the speed, so he's got the trait that's going to make him a first, maybe a potential first round guy. So yeah, I could see that too. I could see a guy who's going to fall there. The spreadsheet guys are going to kill him, bro. The yeah. Guys. So uh, everybody else in this wide receiver core, Ohio State, though, we're out on Keon Gray's. We have no more hopes for Julian Fleming. He's just bad. We already know that. Um, Jaden Ballard hasn't become any type of guy that's been talked about for years. Now, every offseason, it seems like he's going to be a guy. I want to talk about Brandon Innes. I know our freshman. Oh, right. Yes, week, yes. Let's, Brandon let's talk Innes, Brandon yeah. Innes, who I immediately, I just tweeted out that I'm done with him. And then <laughs> two hours later, he's like 58-yard <laughs> touchdown run. Well, you did this to yourself. You're going to make him your wide receiver one in the offseason for your freshman class. Yeah, he was. And then you're going to tell so him. Then you're going to tell him that you wrote him off because you know they're they're typing on Twitter and they're looking up. He does, dude. Guys. He does. They you all... see my work. He, he yeah. retweeted my stuff about him before. <laughs> and now he's mad. Um, now he's upset that you – and so I, he went on show. You went and shot out there. His 58-yard touchdown he had this past weekend. So he's almost halfway there to his – or over halfway there to that year one zero. So we only need one more shot here. One more deep shot. You, did you watch the route? Did you? I didn't, no. Okay. I'm going to send it to you. I I watched it. It didn't look anything like his high school tape. It he looked <sighs> he did not look nearly as fast. I not that I thought he was a speedster anyway, but he actually looked like the way people were like, "Oh, Jason's slow." That's actually how I thought, how I felt when I watched him. I was like, "Oh man, he's slow." 
Yeah. And then he pulled this like move. He like arm swiped to get it just it didn't look crisp. It looked more like the defender was just terrible more than it was him looking yeah. good. Uh numbers are all the same him. on the stat sheet though. So <laughs> your wins is all we care about. <laughs> watching him move, I was like, he is not a top I can't I can't endorse this type of movement level. Like, which is just, which is unfortunate because that was actually one of the things in the profile that we kind of like. Not that he was sudden or anything like that or whatever, but he was a very technical mover. He was a very thought, like yeah. Yeah, like he he had refinement in the way like he his steps were a purpose. He wasn't wasting much movement. Like, so it's kind of uh it's kind of unfortunate to hear that way. On the other side of the ball here, Penn State. Yep. There's not a lot here to talk about. I just want to give us a little bit of a pat on the back, though, because when we were talking about Keandre Lambert Smith uh, having a, that breakout a couple of weeks ago, we were saying, you know, instead of pumping him up, we were, you know, take a step back, look at what he's done through his career. He's done this before. Um, he's he's popped, had these big games, and he's kind of doing exactly what he used to be doing, right? He's been up and down. He's not really been the guy that they can rely on on their two offense. So, like, I want to, I'm going to ask you, you know, like, who can they really rely on to be that guy? Is there anybody here that you're looking at? I know that we've talked about Amari Evans. Um, I was, I'm still looking at Dante Cephas, who's a, a transfer from Kent State, who's, you know, was there with the, with Devontae Walker and a very prolific offense over there. Came pretty late in the summer and hasn't been able to really make an impact yet. But I'm still wondering if there's something down the stretch here where they start relying on that passing game more, if he can become a guy who steps up. But is there anybody else here in this list, in this room that, that you're looking at? No, there just isn't. I, I was a big Amari Evans fan. I think I'm ready to throw him the towel. Like he's got like yeah. one snap last week. So I think I'm a little bit done with that. Um, I, Dude, I almost said just for just for giggles, like Malik McLean, but no, sorry. I, I can't. Yeah. They're all just jags. Out. They're all just jags. They're just jags, dude. And, I, and yeah. they're like frequently dipping into the transfer portal. I feels like they always try to grab a big guy out of the transfer portal. So maybe we, we mentioned Bo Collins. Really. Maybe Bo Collins ends up here at Penn State. Like I, They're going to go back to the portal next year, and we'll see some some name get revived out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I don't know, they could, they struggled getting a guy out of the portal early last year. And that was kind of weird, but no, I'm not into any of these guys here at all whatsoever. Whatsoever. All right. That about wraps that up. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I hate these guys. They're the worst. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you for joining me and Corey. Uh, As always, good night and good luck.